drinkers what's up um, Sunday morning is it sun- yeah Sunday morning it's 9 a.m this has been kind of the the vibe this morning so far I really kind of wish I'd hit record for the podcast a lot sooner than I did I'm kind of working on what it is to practice and, and be loose and then how to how to replicate that same thing when you're recording like I, I kind of feel like I did some damage uh, last night and and made some progress um in t- in terms of finding some things out about my sound I definitely hadn't anticipated that and uh j- just you know I hit record and it, everything kind of felt loose but then you know the the session was just titled you know practice session November 17th 2018 um and then I got up this morning and felt pretty loose right out the right out the bat went back to the same loop just D major B minor E minor really simple diatonic stuff and kind of came across this diminished shape uh, uh, that, w- that was kind of working yesterday that's how I that's why I wanted to start working diatonically to get that to get that diminished shape over the over the 2-5 and it's a really quick 2-5 because I stay on that E minor and it's boom. really really quick 5 going back to the 1 if you listen to that there's our 1 now six. <laughs> really badly played there. Uh, and then to the two. Now here's the two, two, five, one. So it's kind of a quick five going to the one. There's no reason why you can't turn the five, uh, turn the two into a five a little bit and anticipate um, the five. So I'm mean, kind of using that sound. Um, and basically, those intervals, um, which is just down a minor third, up a major seven. So you get quite a. So that's G E D sharp. And then um, I'm just moving that in in minor thirds, and you get that, that that sharp nine on the five chord, which is a C natural, which moves up really nicely to that major seven. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I quite like that addition of the half step there. Ah. kinds of little little harmonic things going on in there just the, uh, not really I'm not really thinking about that I'm not really thinking about any of it in terms of, of the harmony so much but um, just, just 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 an extra color just randomly hit that half step you know our initial three three note phrase D to C sharp, B flat, A. Uh. I'm also, uh, I, I, I was experimenting with coming back to the minor third on the major chord. Like once it goes from five. Uh, that's our one chord and kind of the resolution or the tension that that minor third creates on the one and, and using that as using a minor third as a resolution note on a major chord then you really got to have your, your time and your sound together and your confidence <laughs> the conviction with which you play that in order in order to make it effective um, and really just experimenting with with how it falls and the shape of, of surrounding it and there's just so many so many things that go into that um let's I, I play a little more i but, but going back to the point of like practice versus performance i you know this i feel is a performance like the thing on the podcast right here i feel is definitely falls in the performance category because it's on you guys are going to be listening to it the record button is on it's not just me practicing and being loose so that's I guess despite all the all the bits and pieces that I'm working on here you know the harmonic things I've just mentioned um you know that that that's maybe the most important part is the relaxation and staying loose while I play and while it's recording while it's a performance and and wanting that to translate to the stage to the studio to to all those things um so let's give it let's give it a go Thank you. 
still feels pretty forced. <laughs> I gotta be, I gotta be honest there. Definitely got to admit that right out of the gate that it feels kind of forced. But that's the process. Um, I hadn't really, wasn't sure if I'd really planned on even like making a podcast today. But why not be, why not be open about the process that I'm going through? Um, sometimes the, the, those reality moments can can be the best moments. I don't know. Um, it feels, I'm just kidding. Tuning the bass here a little bit. Bass is definitely in much better shape since I got back from Sweden. The five string, the single cut feels so much better, way more in tune. And I am not gonna lie, I am one oh, I'm 100% watching the tennis on one screen right now. It's the finals. My buddy Mike Bryant is in the finals of the World Tour, ATP World Tour Finals, and it's on the screen on silent next to me. <laughs> it's a big one. I really try not to practice with stuff on like that, but I didn't want to watch it back later on. I want to make the most of my time, and I was feeling pretty loose with the practice. So it is nine all in the match tiebreaker. It is tight right now. Oh, unlike that tuning. when you are not as loose as you feel and sometimes you have to go back and check in check into the simple stuff make sure you make sure you're on track um, even though it might sound like it's flowing when I'm working over that loop and soloing it that's not always the case um, and sometimes I have to go back and do a little bit of a little bit of uh, basic maintenance it is pretty loose but I do feel my fingers are cold still we talked about that the other day um, and how uh, oh my god I'm still watching the tennis I'm sorry I was like super distracted and they just had a put away volley for the championship that's a tough one okay wow a bear off the reflex Unbelievable. Okay, so it continues. Folks, I don't recommend this. It is very distracting. <laughs> if I wasn't such a freak about tennis, I would probably probably have the discipline to turn it off and watch it later. But World Tour Finals only comes around once a year. So, oh man. Now they're down match point. Good to be practicing the basics. 
They saved it. Wow. Back up to 11. Oh, I, I shouldn't be giving you commentary on this. But I'm like, <laughs> the adrenaline's pumping now. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's good watching people solve problems that can be inspirational sometimes. You know, watching, um, you really need to come up with real time solutions to high pressure problems. I, I think about, I watch this and I think about, okay. My job is like is is pretty easy <laughs> compared to this. I get to go out and make a make a note choice. Um, one of one of twelve different notes each time. I I depress my finger on the on the fingerboard and then pluck with the right. Wow, is there a, is there a little feedback loop there? Hum? Did you hear that? I don't know. I won't know until until after. And I go listen, but. Also, I, I like watching. It's actually not such a bad thing to be watching this. I, I don't think because that thing of playing in your comfort zone, like even in a high pressure situation, and you feel like you maybe you need to put pressure on the other team, you're actually more likely to to win. You know, by playing in in your comfort zone for the most part and playing to, to, to where you know you can execute, and really being selective about where you. Where you um, where you push the oh and they won there you go double four on match point from uh, Bear that is a bit of a recurring theme unfortunately I'm going to turn that off now nice one Mikey and Jack um, wow they won it crazy after like seven match points yeah but that that thing of like playing in your comfort zone that's actually a really good point to bring up. Um, and it's something I do think about quite a bit, especially when, you know, I play tennis every day and when I, I push and I, I press and I, I, I do more. I do what I think I can do, but not what I can actually do. And it's when I, it's when I slow things down and do what I can actually do that I'm far more successful on the tennis court, um, especially in a higher pressure situation in a match. And I think that, that definitely translate, translates rather to the instrument and you know, picking and choosing when to when to push it, and also getting the most out of what is available in your comfort zone. I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot as well. Like we think, oh well, that's kind of basic, and I've done that before. But you know, take a look at your technique, take a look at what you're what you feel comfortable doing, and then really explore what's available there. I guarantee you haven't, because I know I haven't, and I know. People I listen to and I talk to about it haven't. I, I guarantee that you haven't explored everything you can that's in your comfort level, and in that zone. And that's definitely something I'm. I'm uh, like like with this loop. I mean, it doesn't get a lot simpler than kind of three chords that are all diatonic, at a nice kind of medium or medium slow tempo. I'm really not pushing the limits of my technical ability, but I'm really exploring to try and be as, as musical and, and as melodic as possible when I work on these changes. Um, and to me, that's real technique. When you work on that stuff, it's real technique. It's the execution of ideas, no matter what the tempo, um, playing them as you hear them, not letting your chops dictate, dictate the music. Mm -hmm. 
things I'm aware of right now while I'm practicing um, and the big differences between what I was doing before I hit the record button and what I'm doing now is I have in-ears in. I have them in to monitor my voice, to monitor what's going on in the in the recording session, in the podcast. And that is a big difference from just dealing with what's in the room. And there's far more space in the room and far more air moving and like awareness. And I, I feel kind of a little bit more range um, than is available to me uh, in in the in ears in the headphones, so I'm I'm actually experimenting with a bunch of different headphones. Whether I want to use in ears or whether I want to use over ears, like a big pair of studio headphones or not, while I'm recording, that's something you know. Having bought the podcast back and been doing it regularly, that's something I'm really looking into and what feels most comfortable. Um, I've never liked recording with headphones. I've always liked to be in the room, everyone in the room, so I can hear all the instruments, just just like just like we do on a gig. And uh, that is obviously not always possible and with separation and you might be in a different room and all those kind of things. And so that's something I kind of continually struggle with, that issue of, of headphones and, and how I record. And then, you know, like Chelsea is using in-ears for her for the entire tour right now, which is crazy to me. She seems to be doing great with it. It didn't seem to, apart from some technical issues, you know, with the with the monitoring system on the show I saw of hers. Aside from that, she seems to be dealing with it very, very well. Um, my hat goes off to her for that. Um, I know that's like a massive problem for me. I wonder what what you guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, coffee drinkers, think about that. Leave me some. Go find me on Instagram at Yannickwizdala. Leave me some feedback about headphones, and uh, maybe I'll make a little post today and you can uh, you can leave me some feedback on that I'll make that I'll make a headphone post today an ultimate ears in ear post you guys can go find me leave me some feedback on that I'm always curious to see what people do um, the whole one in one out with the in ear thing the over ear thing only record in the room with the amp those that kind of that kind of stuff so let me know and preamps and DIs and all of that stuff Chelsea has my tone hammer pedal on the road right now. Apparently, that's working pretty well. Um, that's like the only thing she has on stage beside the, the bass. So that's definitely an option. I know I've done that before with the tone hammer with other preamps and DIs before I had that. So give me some feedback on that on Instagram. Tag me at Yannick Wizdala or hashtag Yannick Wizdala, whatever. You know, those two things will make it a lot easier for me to see what you write and I can get some good feedback and you guys can help me out and. Maybe we can start a discussion there about it. See if there's some kind of consensus. I'm going to hazard a guess that it's something completely unique for everyone and there'll be like kind of a split down the middle. But I'm always interested about that stuff. Rather than sitting here alone in my, in my house, struggling with it mentally, I'm always interested in hearing other people's opinion on it. And, you know, one little idea can just spark a whole new avenue of exploration. So I definitely appreciate the feedback if you guys can head over there and do that. At Yannick Wisdala on Instagram. 
I'm actually going to try and take one ear out, which is not that healthy, although I hope that I'm playing quietly enough. Let's try this, that it's not a big issue. So I get way more of the room here. float then I find something that I need to work on and just it's, it's good to have the patience to just stop and not want to not want to just crush on but now I'm no stranger to that shape with the right hand that's what's just playing triads I'm, I'm always playing that shape on the right hand but the fact that it's a, a much different spread on the left hand now left hand finger is, is a completely different vibe. And then it, there go, it doesn't take long to move into a whole new world of like maybe groupings of odd, um, odd numbers of bars. So that was, what was that five? One, two, uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Just based around the same shape, bringing back that half step in there. Okay, 24 minutes into the podcast, then we get to some some brand, brand new stuff. I mean, it was already kind of new to me in the beginning, but now this is how it develops. And sometimes it's 24 minutes, sometimes it's 24 days. <laughs> yeah. That's going to take a while for it to be really natural, but that's a, that's a cool one. Um. Now, to do that, because we're diminished, so to do that in all three positions, right? Uh, yeah. take me I would guess like six weeks of doing that on a regular basis to get it into my playing to where it wasn't forced to where it was kind of a natural extension and even then after six weeks of just working on the technical aspect of it and being able to do that in all keys and with all kind of combinations of five to one you know because if we do it in the original so just basically A7 to, to, to 5 to 1, A, A7 to D major 7. That's not just uh, 5 to 1 with uh, in uh, in D. That is also 5 to 1 in... Because you you got to go off the... Um, you can go off so so let's let's run down you can go off the the third the fifth 
flat seven or flat nine. So those are all those kind of starting points in when, when you're dealing with the root of A. Basic diminished uh, concept of using diminished over a dominant chord. But then of course, uh, the third of C is like the flat nine of, of uh, the third of A is the flat nine of C. So. Uh, so the same notes, but different roots. So you can make it five to one in in F. So basically, you have to work on five to one, moving in minor thirds. And uh, where am I going to play that right here? And even though it's the same notes. You can have four different key centers for that. So it's three positions because you've basically got of the diminished shape before you come back round. Uh, so it's three positions and in each position is 12 key centers. So it's still all 12 keys, just slightly different way of, of, of approaching it, looking at it on the instrument, visualizing it, hearing it, understanding it. And the advantage being that you can play literally exactly the same thing and apply that to to four different key centers. So it's slightly, I guess on one hand, slightly easier, uh, but it's still just, just the same amount of work, just getting your, getting your ear adjusted around those key centers. Check in again with that. Hands are feeling, definitely feeling a lot warmer now. That's awesome. Yeah, shout outs to Russia and Japan and uh, Northern Europe and everywhere that it's Alaska, Canada, where it's cold right now. I know it's cold out there, but um, I, because I, I had to shout out to you guys because I know you'll just say, oh, man, California is not cold, but it is a little bit chilly in the morning. And no matter whether it's minus 20 or whether it's just, you know, 54 degrees, your hands get cold, they get cold. That's it. Same kind of effect. A little easier to warm them up from 55 than it is from zero. But nonetheless, it's like basic maintenance. And that is a thing, even in California, even in palm trees and beachfront property, although it's more like forest fires and droughts right now, which is kind of crazy out here, but it's, it's, it's a similar thing. I actually now feel my toes are freezing. I should probably put socks on or just switch the heat on, but kind of prefer to. It's crazy because you have like this blazing hot summer where it's air conditioning, central air around the clock, cost a fortune. And then you have like these three days where you don't actually use the air because it's just about got cool enough. But then you go straight into using the heat because then it gets, <laughs> gets kind of cold. So I want to enjoy this like weak buffer period without using the air or the heat. Uh, see, and now what I'm trying to do here. Uh, Oh, now what was the shape? Uh, yeah, there we go. That was what I had. I'm, I just 
really tried to go to a different key. I was obviously in D major here, but now I'm up to F. And I really just want to be able to move seamlessly between those keys. But still using that same diminished shape. So just that's kind of how I work the stuff into my practice routine. I wanted you guys to hear that. Um, just hear what the progress was and, and what I was working on. That diminished thing, more importantly, the overall picture of of what it is, the difference between practice and performance. And, you know, performance in front of an audience is obviously a whole different thing. But the performance in a recording situation, that's something I've struggled with like my entire career as a band leader. I think I'm on eight or nine albums as a band leader now. And I can't really say like, oh, okay, this record, I was, we got it right there. I still haven't felt that. You know, I think on it only happens, it only happens once. This record, it was totally improvised and the bass was kind of so processed that I was really happy with some of the sounds I got from a, just purely from a bass player, bass playing standpoint. I was really happy with some of the stuff I got and it helped, of course, having John Davis who just understands the instrument, the pedals and the right musicians and I think there were some real, you know, real highlights musically and communication-wise and sound-wise on that record in particular. Uh, but by no means all of it, just a few moments here and there. And I still, even at this point, you know, going to be 40 years old tomorrow and still haven't, I can't say, okay, this is how I record and this is how I like to record. This is how I give myself the best chance for success when it comes to recording. Um, I think that's probably why I haven't pulled the trigger and put out a record in, in a really long time. Uh, I just sent a few texts last night, yesterday and day before to a couple of people about about making some new music with with that in mind you know really you know I have some music written so it's that will obviously be a focus like compositionally but just the sound the time and the sound like I called two musicians already I'm gonna keep that under wraps as to who they are but they just have the most incredible time and sound and maybe we'll leave it as a trio. That would be amazing. And it's not a trio you might think of. Let's just leave it at that. I just don't want to say, oh, I'm doing this record and then and then it not work out. So just that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And re just moving forward, being really conscious of what the process is, what my process is, how I improve that, even after eight or nine albums. It is... Yeah, it's something, it's not easy, let's just put it like that. It's it's probably the thing I struggle with the most as a musician. And I don't want to put some generic solution to it. Um, and, you know, and that's nothing against any of the people who have engineered any of my records. That's That's 100% on me, you know just being a little bit too neurotic about it and not and just not doing the the, the prep I think or, or maybe feeling a little bit pressured time wise you know like not having the luxury of doing like a week or two in the studio that would be fantastic right 
And then you could really dial that stuff in. Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I just need to commit to spending the time. That's that's where the solution is. So either way, it's I'm happy in, and, and uh, secure in the knowledge that I will work it out. It's not something I feel is impossible. It feels like a, like a massive mountain to climb, considering I've spent so long doing it and I'm still not not happy. But I'm definitely getting close. This kind of room mic, well, it's not a room mic, it's a vocal mic that I'm recording the podcast in, it has been a big help. I don't think I've done that before, like had the bass uh, through the amp in a room with like, you know, with some with with a kind of a room mic situation rather than that close mic thing. So maybe a blend of the DI and some kind of room mic and, and the close mic, like maybe that's what I need to start working on. So it's just what I'm thinking about today and always <laughs> give you guys a look inside that maniacal process as and when it happens um hung out with the incredible chris cheney last night and uh he is going to be on the podcast uh like mid mid december that's going to be fun he was way into it and uh, we will sit down and have a long discussion about about all things rock and roll music la cheney you name it and i will give you guys a head up heads up close to the time so you can uh, we can get some coffee drinker questions as well i think that would be really awesome i'll try and get in the habit of when i have a guest um you know getting questions from you guys in fact hey check it out tomorrow uh i'm gonna have adam dawn aka motion worker amazing bass player producer he's moving more into movies score soundtrack stuff um He's just an incredible musician, was Marcus Miller's right-hand man for a long time, really good friend of mine. We have an absolute blast whenever we hang out. He is going to be on the podcast tomorrow. I'm going over to his studio to to tape that. Uh, so I maybe I'll do the in-ears thing today. We, we can have feedback on that. But maybe more importantly, we can get questions for Adam, coffee drinker questions for Adam Dawn. If you don't know who Adam Dawn is, go look up Adam Dawn. Look up Motion Worker, M-O-C-E-A-N, Worker, and check out his music, check out his playing. Give me some questions, send us some questions. Coffee drinkers must be heard here on Coffee Drinker FM. Yeah, let's do that. At Yannick Wistala on Instagram. Your questions, your input are greatly appreciated i will see you on tomorrow's episode uh episode number 13 lucky number 13 with adam dawn